Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Here. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited to be back with you this morning, and the reason I am is because you're so hungry. And some of you might be physically hungry, but you're spiritually hungry. And when you're spiritually hungry, I can talk like forever. So some of you are going, great. Some of you are going, okay, great. You know, same word, just a different attitude kind of a thing. So do we have any, I think we have a couple of new people here this morning. We're not here last night. Okay, we have two over here. Okay, did y'all get one of these? Okay, you got one there? Did you get one? Okay, well, she needs one back there. And um, just uh, briefly with, with everybody, um, vision for the ministry on the front here, a couple of my new books. We have T-shirts, uh, quite a variety of T-shirts that say Miracles Happen. Uh, Ron, why don't you stand up? Eileen, you stand up and you can model your shirts. And she goes, oh, I got my coffee. Yeah, well, that's okay. She got the rhinestones over here. And uh, miracles happen, need prayer, ask me t-shirts, and it's awesome what God is doing through the t-shirts, just the doors, and, and then Nicole has one that's miracles happen for veterans, and even though she herself is not a veteran, uh, her dad's a veteran, and, um, and so, you know, it's honoring veterans where that's concerned, and what's so neat is that not only is uh, where she's concerned is honoring her dad, but when you wear that out in public, people go veterans. Yeah. You know, I'm a veteran. And so then at that point, then you can go, may I pray for you? And the answer is yes, So, which is pretty exciting. And awesome blankets that are anointed. Um, we've, got the, we've got the Army uh, Military Green, which says miracles happen for veterans. And then we have the blue and the purple. Then we have smaller ones that are the light pink and the light blue. Um, they used to be called baby blankets, but you know, they're little people blankets also. Okay. And they're just a little, these are, these can fit like a twin bed. And so many people have been healed while laying under the blankets and they're prayed over. They're anointed. If you have somebody that is, uh, like not here, who's sick, I highly recommend one. Uh, it does amazing things for marriages and different things like that. So that's really awesome. Healing school. Seven books, 12 hours of teaching on DVD. Um, it's life-changing because I'm here for a few hours and I have like almost 47 years of revelation in those particular CDs or DVDs that I share with you that I'm not going to have time to share while I'm here. And uh, upcoming events, uh, scriptural giving, we're going to talk about that this afternoon. This afternoon, we're going to talk about healing of finances. Um, we've talked a little bit about it last night. But God's anointing me for healing, body, mind, soul, spirit, and finances. People are getting out of debt. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, debts are being canceled. Money is coming from nowhere, literally out of the clear blue. Uh, it's, and, and it's just, the, you know, just straight from heaven. And, and I want you to tap into that and knowing how to have access to that. Because it's, as a believer, we have access to it. And a lot of times, like, I don't even need to pull on it. It's just there. 
Okay, I don't need to, you know, oh my God, I need to, I, I can't pray for everybody until my hands are warm because I'm in Michigan, you know, and so <laughs> supposed to snow tomorrow. Okay, God. And I'm like, okay, I feel the anointing coming. I feel the, this is called friction. Has absolutely nothing to do with the anointing. Okay, but too many times people say, I can't pray until I feel the anointing. Well, you're relying on feelings, not faith. I walk in the anointing. You know, I don't need to muster it up. Somebody, you know, like I was ministering to somebody on the phone last night in California for almost an hour, you know, and he, and, and he goes, I'm really sorry to bother you after service. And he used to work for Benny Hinn. And he says, after service, we, some of us would have to carry Benny Hinn out and put him in the car to take him to the hotel. And I said, not me, man. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's, you know, <laughs> you know, and I mean, he got so set free last night. It was really awesome. And, um, but anyway, it was, uh, it was just really neat. And I said, he goes, cause when I, he, he said, when I minister, meaning him, when I minister that, um, so many that he goes, I'm got like on a, a euphoric high. And I'm, and so it takes me a while to kind of calm down. Then I'm continuing to minister last night. So, uh, it was kind of an interesting time, but, but you know what? You need to be on call. Like, you know, first thing I didn't make a call this morning, but I have two prayer needs that I need to call either on the break or after the sessions today and, uh, you know, for healing. And it's like, this is my life, not just in the pulpit, not just praying for people up here. It's just 24 hours a day. I'm on call. And sometimes I'll get messages in the middle of the night of an emergency that I can respond either. If we're in a hotel room, I won't respond because audibly because of my husband, but, um, you know, just the, you know, common courtesy of that. And, uh, but then, you know, other times I'm like, first thing in the morning, I'm calling them, you know, praise God for Facebook messenger that you can call all around the world and doesn't cost anything, you know? So that's just, that's really awesome. Hallelujah. And anyway, upcoming events are in here. Upcoming ordination. If y'all want to come get ordained, get the healing school. We can talk to you about that later. If you want prayer, a lot of you got prayer last night, particularly these, the couple ladies over here. If you want prayer, take a moment, fill this out, bullet point list on the back what you want to be healed of. Uh, right shoulder, left knee, things like that. And very simple. Now, we take these home, the prayer sheets home, and we pray over them for approximately 30 days. Staff, prayer team, intercessors, different things like that, that we lay hands on them and, and pray for them. And we have people actually individually go through them and pray for them. We had one lady who was probably 75% healed in a service. And at the 30th day, she was 100% healed of everything. Because we continued to pray for her and in every area. So it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, a lot, most of the time people just get healed 100%. So, so that's really good. And that's my preference. But uh, sometimes it takes a little bit more than that. So I want to make sure that everybody gets healed and whole. And anytime you need prayer, in particular for healing, uh, healing in every, any area of your life or a major concern, don't hesitate to give our ministry a call. Phone number is on the front of the brochure. I think it's on the front. I think they, yeah, it's on the front. Because we've got a Canadian office and we have a uh, United States office. And, but we get calls all over, from all over the world. And we've got a phone system that we can make calls back to them for, to all over the world, too. doesn't cost the ministry anything, so, which is, like, really great. And, um, you know, so um, anyway, um, a lot of people, I'm, I'm just going to kind of talk a little bit this morning. And my talk is, of course, teach. And I give examples and so forth. 
And um, a lot of times people come in and they don't think they're good enough or they're worthy to be healed. In my book, Miracles for Veterans, I have a story uh, testimony by Carmen Wilkinson. Um, she was healed uh, July two years ago uh, in Arizona. And um, she, was in, uh, she was in the Air Force. She was stationed in Afghanistan. And her mistake was she went to the bathroom by herself. And she went in there, and as she went in there, she was gang raped by five Afghanistanians and uh, slammed to the ground, literally thrown on the ground, and then multiple rapes. And uh, talk about PTSD, more than just what you would normally get in the armed services. And so uh, here, here she is like that. She ended up, and they, she had to go home. She had broken, they broke three vertebrae in her back, upper back, neck area. Um, she had to get them removed. It was so badly damaged. And, uh, and so at that point, she was so traumatized, she became agoraphobic, and which means you're afraid to leave your house. And she could not go anywhere without her husband. He was her caregiver. And, um, and so then they had three children, and they, the children really never knew their mom. And so one, one day, she looked up healing. She typed in healing. And my name came up, and it showed I was, she lives in Connecticut. It showed that I was going to be in, um, I was going to be in Arizona. And so her mom lived in Arizona. So her husband walked her on the plane, sat her down. Her mom got on the plane to take her off in Arizona because she just couldn't handle, she just couldn't handle it, couldn't handle life. 15 years living in that hell. And so I asked, I said, I said, there's somebody here that's got pain in your neck. You've got C-curve missing, et cetera. She raised her hand. She was like, you know, four or five rows down. There were about a thousand people there. And so I pointed her out and I said, why don't you come on up? So she came up. How did you hurt your neck? I'm totally expecting car accident. Then she tells me this story. I'm like, well, I mean, it just kind of caught me off guard. I said, that's not at all what I was expecting, you know, to say the least. But she, I, I pray for the trauma to go and remove the label of PTSD, put my hands around her neck. She grew three inches, which meant she got her vertebrae back, which is like so awesome. And, uh, and then her heart got completely healed. And so now the, the backside of this, she's actually a very good friend of mine now. She's been ordained, she travels with me a lot, and uh, she's just, she's amazing. And, um, and so, <laughs> she's really amazing. Actually, Fox News just aired us on Saturday, on Wednesday, on Veterans Day. Um, on Houston, I'm praying it goes viral because I talked and the lady who's there, her son was healed five years ago of leukemia when I prayed. And so she's really awesome, you know, and so, and she just, uh, she says, I need to interview you again. What about, and I'm like, okay, God, what? Miracles for veterans. And we did it when Carmen was at the house. So Carmen got to be on with me and stuff. It was so cool, you know, for her sharing because she was doing everything Zoom nowadays, okay? And uh, so she did that. And so she, now imagine this, 15 years, you can't, you're totally dysfunctional, okay? She calls her husband, I got healed, I'm not, I don't have depression anymore, I don't have agoraphobia, I got totally healed PTSD. Good. <laughs> I mean, just think about it, she's been a wreck for 15 years and all of a sudden, just like that, I mean, the prayer was maybe two minutes. You know, that was it. And, uh, and so, and it's like, yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll see, you know. 
and mom was there, and then mom got healed after the service, and it was so awesome what God's done. They were estranged, and now mom now lives in Connecticut. It's so cool what God has done in that relationship. It's just really awesome. And, uh, but anyway, he, uh, the whole thing is just really awesome. So he, she gets home, and it's like, you don't need to get me off the plane. No, I'll, I'll, be, I'll get you off the plane. I, I want to make sure you're okay. I mean, loving husband, okay? So he goes to get her, and, and she's like, you know, he's like, you look really different. <laughs> I am different. I'm happy. I'm not depressed. <laughs> Woohoo! You got your wife back. You don't have to be a caregiver anymore. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and about, after about a month, they realized that it, was, it really happened. It just really happened. And she's totally, completely transformed, which is like really awesome. And, and the thing is, it's like, and, and I'm gonna I'm the, I've got a reason for telling you that particular story, just not to mention it's, real, it's really an awesome story. But God totally removed all the bad memories of that, all the cellular memory of what happened here, what happened in her neck and her back, healed her heart, healed her back, healed her neck, um, you know, and made her functional again. The kids got a mom that would play with them and, and do different things with them. And, you know, and they were teenagers when they really, really needed their mom. And the whole thing is just such a neat story. So I asked her 15 years of living in hell. I asked her one time, um, I said, how, how come you waited? Or had anybody prayed for you in those 15 years? No. I said, how come? She says, I didn't think I was good enough to get healed. Okay, and so this is something that I deal with, not me personally, but I deal with people on the road that they don't feel that they're good enough to get healed. And it's like you have to get yourself into a perfect position and be Miss, Miss Goody Two-Shoes and the whole bit to be good enough that God's really going to heal you. As in comparison, God wants to heal you because he loves you. He loves you just the way you are. Some of you, that's a miracle. <laughs> You know, and, you know, and, and I was, I was joking with, what's your name? The coffee lady. The lady that's drinking. Your, your name is Tiffany. Okay, Tiffany. He, she said Holly, and I went, okay, and you're saying Tiffany. I figure she knows better than you, but you're referring to, I know. Yeah, no, she was drinking coffee while I was talking. Okay, Tiffany. Okay, and we talked this morning a little bit about her uh, thing last night, and can I share some of that, what, what happened? Okay, so I think it's, because see, I love stories like that, because they're so educational, and she said, you know, but this is very true, the first part of it, and she said she'd only been hurting for, what, five days, you said? Five, rough, five or six days, that she'd only been hurting, and I said, well, that's not long enough, you haven't learned from your, you know, thing, and her, right? Wasn't that, was that you? No, that was Patty. Where's Patty? She's out there. She's out there. Okay, she's out there. Okay, she's got long, the long blonde hair, too. She's like, no, that's not me. Okay, so anyway, so I'm gonna, she gave me permission to show the story, even if it's about her, not her. <laughs> so we're good. So we're talking about you, Patty. Okay, so, but anyway, where, where that's concerned, she was like, all of a sudden she goes, she, and she was hurt that I said she hadn't hurt long enough and I'm not going to pray for you. I didn't say I wasn't going to pray for you. I just said, well, just, you know, she hadn't hurt long enough. Y'all remember the story, okay, situation. 
and it hit her, and then she says, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. And I, I said, I'm just kidding. Because people think that I haven't learned what I'm supposed to learn through this, and that God gave me this sickness to teach me a lesson. Yeah. Example, lady in Houston, uh, we have a mutual friend, and the mutual friend says, I want to bring my friend by for you to pray. She's due for a double mastectomy. It's about seven years ago. And I said, sure, that'd be great. I'll be you know, available here this week. There she is. And we got permission to tell your story, even though, because I thought it was somebody else. And uh, see, I'll have the long blonde hair. So, okay. So um, anyway, and so the study was scheduled for a double mastectomy. And so at that point, she said, um, the lady refused for me to pray because she says, God's teaching me about pride. And so I'm going to lose my breasts. Well, we've got great books on pride. Okay, keep your breasts, get rid of the pride. So she had a double mastectomy. She didn't want me to pray. She had double mastectomy, and she still had pride. So a double mastectomy is not going to take care of the pride. You've got pride, you've got pride. Okay? But see, and then, like, I haven't suffered long enough because, you know, God gave this to me to teach me a lesson. God has no sickness, no cancer to give, and if he wants to teach you a lesson, he can tell you direct and not through you experiencing pain in your body. Okay, and so here you have lots of different scenarios, but what was so awesome is that at, when I said that, it triggered all the offenses and other people in ministry that have hurt her. And so if something like that happens in you, recognize what it is. You know, she's okay, and I apologize if I hurt her, but she said, no, what I did is I, I dug up some previous hurt. And when you and I'm here to go in and dig up the dirt, so to speak, the hurt, the things that we've just pushed out. Well, get over it. Just get over it. What that means is cram it down. No, I don't want you to get over anything. I don't want you to cram it down. I want you to just vomit it up and get rid of it so it's not in there anymore, getting rid of all the roots. And so if somebody says something that last year would have offended you and it doesn't offend you now, good. You know, because when you're in the ministry, you have opportunities every day to get offended. Actually, if you're breathing, you have opportunities every day to get offended. <laughs> Forget about just in ministry, you know. But I was praying with somebody last night, the guy I was praying with, and he's been hurt by a lot of ministers through the years. And, uh, you know, and rejected and different things like that. And, and the thing is, is that um, and I said, and I understand that because see, and what people tend to do is they take that rejection and they transfer it that God is rejecting them. Okay. So this is good foundational teaching. This is like Sunday morning message here, even though it's Saturday morning. But, but the thing is, if something, it, if it pricks your heart, oh, okay, find out why it does. Yeah, we mentioned anger last night. Anger is from unmet expectations. And um, this, this guy t deals with a lot of anger. And I said, now tell me where the anger came from. Well, da, da, da. And I said, no, nope, that's not where it came from. And I said, we got to go back way before then. And it was when he was 13 years old, he got the spirit of anger came in. And now he's, I think, 47 years old. And, and he's finally found somebody that will go to the root and it was amazing what happened last night. He says, I've never figured out why I get so angry. This is a really good teaching. Um, what I'm going to share with you next. You don't know who he is, so I can talk about him. 
And, um, but it was so powerful. And he goes, I've never thought about that way. His wife has asked him, don't do this verbally. And, and he did it this week. And so they separated for about five days. And, and he spent five days away with God. And, and it was like, I don't want you to say this. I don't want you to you know, treat me like this. And he wasn't really real, real abusive, but he was just a little verbally abusive. A little is too much, okay? And, and it's causing, it has affected her health, his wife's health. I've been ministering to them for about two and a half years, mainly her, getting her healed in different areas, and especially physically. Um, and so... I said, you know, where did, where did this root of rejection come in? Well, this girlfriend rejected me. This person rejected me. This person rejected me. And I said, and you know that she's going to leave you, right? Yeah, just like all the others, right? Yeah. She loves him beyond words. They've been married like 20 years. She loves him more than you can fathom. And he loves her. But I said, you're just trying to prove yourself right and make her leave. Okay? See, some of you in here need to hear this. It's not necessarily in this book, but this is what I've learned through the years. Because, see, there's some of these things that he says, I've never thought about that. But I'm trying to make her leave me and prove me right. He says, I'd rather be dead than be without her. Then she needs to know that. And stop verbally abusing her and trying to make her leave. And he never thought about that before. But this is a pattern. It's called rejection. The spirit of rejection. You know people like that, that they're going to treat you so bad that you're going to reject them and you're just like all the others. When you're not... But they're not just keeping you at bay. They're, want, they're keeping you at bay and giving you a big kick to get you out of their lives to prove them right, even though that's not really what they want. That's just a habit that they've built. Okay? And so we, the, and rejection is a major one, you know, because there, I mean, you'll, you'll have opportunities to overcome. And rejection is a big one. I have had grown up with rejection, and I don't have rejection anymore. If people reject me, you know, it's not an ego thing. It's, it's their loss. Amen. You know, if, if they choose not to, to have a relationship with me, you know, I, I do self-examination, okay, not self-condemnation, self-examination. Did I do anything that would make her do this? I have one lady that is, is, has been very verbally abusive to me, but I'm keeping her at bay right now. Wisconsin Bay, but that's another story. And, uh, but I'm keeping her, I'm keeping her at bay because she, she I think she's, she's got DID, multiple personalities. She can be the sweetest person ever, but she turns on me. Nobody else. And everybody loves her, but she turns on me and she gets these claws out and she doesn't even remember doing it. And you know what? I've had to put a, a line up and just say thus far, no more. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. I don't deserve this, okay? And, and I, is, have I brought this on? Have I done anything to her? No, it's people of ministry or her mother that have really hurt her in the past, and I love her unconditionally, so she's taking it out on me. I don't have to put up with that. 
That's called boundaries. Okay, yes, I prayed with her. Yes, I pointed out to her. Yes, she's gotten counseling. She goes, I'm all better now. Oh, let me tell you, you can't go in there and get a couple minute prayer and then you're all better now. Who's talking to me? I don't know which one's talking to me. Okay, because there's one that wants healing, the other one doesn't. And the double personalities. So this is some things that you need to be aware of, especially as you're going in ministry. I also um, want to point out a book that we have out there, which is excellent, excellent, excellent book. And this particular book is called The Business of Ministry. If you don't run your ministry like a business, you'll lose it. Okay? And how to build and sustain your ministry. And many of you are coming here because you really want to do a lot more where ministry is concerned. Okay? And, but you say, how do you start a 501c3? How do you do this? How do you do this? And this is my daughter, Melody, who's worked with me uh, over 10 years and, uh, and, and helps me run the ministry. So she knows all the ins and outs of the ministry and things like that. And she's actually working on part two to this, I found out last week. Um, so hopefully she's working on it because she's off this whole week. And, um, but she's, she's a very, very gifted writer and, uh, and very easy to understand. And um, she's, uh, she helps me build Joan Hunter Ministries. She helps me with a lot of other things, a lot of writing. And uh, I gave her a massive project to do when she gets back to work on Monday. <laughs> and I'll be there on Wednesday to follow up on it. Yes, okay. So she can tell all the other employees what to do, and I can too. But <laughs> I leave that, most of that to her, but I can tell her what to do. Isn't that good? <laughs> so I've just given her a really, really big idea that God's given to me. But I've, I've laid it out very, very simply uh, to her. It's just going to take a little bit of time uh, for her to work on. But, but the thing is, she is very, very gifted, and it will help you really augment your ministry and getting your ministry started. She also does training in uh, online individual training in that if you need help too, so, which is a, a tremendous blessing. And I have very gifted daughters. I have one that works for Morgan Stanley, so that's good. So I've given her some money to play with, and we're really happy what's happening with the stock market right now. And um, thank you, Jesus. I prophesied that the stock market was going to just end this year. This is, this is pre-COVID, that this stock market was going to end this year bigger and better than it has ever. It didn't look like it a few months ago. <laughs> but it has, it's really you know, skyrocketed back. So praise God for that. And, um, and then I have one that's a doctor and then one that is a makeup artist and author. And so I get a lot of benefits. I get to see her when I'm at home. I'll see her pretty much every day of the week because I'll do so many Zooms when I was home and, you know, fresh makeup every day. And it was great. So I looked gorgeous. So, yeah, she did my makeup in this picture on the front. Um, and then I have Melody who works very well with me, so which is really great. Um, but I just, um, last night, I mean, I just what I was just talking about this morning is if you have something and it's like... I can't believe that they said that to me. Examine why you reacted. Okay? I told the guy last night, I said, why are you reacting? Boom, you're into anger. You know? And it's because of a situation that happened with his dad and his mom and dad, but primarily his dad. And, and when you understand all this is that was going on that in, in, in your past... You know, I know we're supposed to forget the past, but then, but there are some things that are trigger points. 
And we've got to be aware that if we have a trigger, if somebody comes to us and it sets something off on us, why? Why? And examine, is there something in here like rejection, spirit of offense, which we just talked about, then that needs to be dealt with because you don't need to be carrying it around. Okay? Because carrying that around, offense, rejection, that can, those kind of things can actually kill you. And see, my goal is for you to live a long, healthy life. Okay? And uh, long, healthy, happy, fulfilled, full of Holy Ghost life. Doesn't that sound good? Amen. Okay. So I'm going to continue on in the book um, today. Uh, we covered quite a bit last night, uh, which is really great. And uh, I want to talk right now in the area of forgiveness. Um, it is, I don't know if we have a square box. If we do, that's great. If we don't, I'll work with it. Check, check the restroom if you would. A square box of tissue. The, not the long, no, not the long. Those aren't square. Those are rectangle. Yes, we do. It's not quite the same. Yeah, and that's fine. Because the squares are, it's easier for me to hold. I can hold both. And if they're like, they come out like that rather than one at a time. It's just a little bit, a little bit easier, but I can work with all kinds of stuff. I'm easy. And, uh, but in the area of forgiveness, unforgiveness is a poison that we drink hoping the other one's going to get sick. Unforgiveness is an open door to sickness. Unforgiveness is an open door to arthritis. You may, like a situation may have happened 30 years ago, open the door for arthritis. You forgave, but you're still dealing with arthritis. Okay. So you need to, you know, make sure that you're, for, that you've forgiven whoever hurt you because, you know, we talked about unforgiveness. We talked about anger. If you don't deal with the anger, then it turns into bitterness. And bitterness, this is a, a very bitter old woman, okay? And uh, one that is, has been full of arthritis and rejection and abandonment and betrayal. And you can look at people and even their posture. Okay, there's a lot of shame in that posture. It, it's not a word of knowledge, you know, I mean, I'm, it, it's just 99% of the time people that walk like this with their shoulders down are, are rejected and full of shame. And so you need to get rid of the shame, pray for the shoulders to go back up, pray for trauma, stress to go, and all of a sudden, it will all go back up, which is like really, really amazing how that happens. And, um, and so what happens is uh, in the area of forgiveness, when you forgive somebody, it opens up the door for li literally freedom in every area of your life. Now, you look at me and you go, well, she hasn't been through anything. She doesn't really know what, you know, what unforgiveness is. She doesn't know. Let me tell you, I have been through hell, but I don't smell like it and I don't look like it. Praise God. And, uh, you know, and just, I shared a little bit of my testimony last night. And then also, in addition, that married for almost 26 years and <clears throat> dealing, uh, you know, co-pastoring a church in Dallas, sector like that. And he was living a double life as a homosexual. And it was very, very devastating. And, you know, you go for two years for, you know, for HIV testing. Because they say you got to wait the two years. And so, you know, every six months you had to have another HIV test, which, praise God, I was clean and no problem there. But, you know, um, but the thing is, you know, standing, praying, and believing did that. So I got divorced, broken heart, broken heart syndrome, you know, the whole bit. And, and a lot of you know that I got diagnosed with breast cancer at the same time. 
uh, two days after divorce. So here I'm dealing with, you know, financial ruins. We've lost a church. We've lost our home. Uh, I've lost my life, according to the doctors, two years. And, uh, you know, praise God, that was 20 years ago. So, And I'm cancer-free, so praise God. But I went after God to heal my heart. It's like, you know, you can live without a breast, but you can't live with a broken heart. And, and so in going after him, I had to forgive. And that's a big one. Well, does that mean what he did is, is it's okay now? You know, that's the main question I have. Does that make it okay that what he did? No, what he did was wrong. It will always be wrong. But I have forgiven him. And he may not feel that, but I am the one that is the free, getting free. I'm the one that gets a Holy Ghost facelift. I got a teaching out there is can I truly forgive, which goes into, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is right on, okay? Because you can see people when they forgive, their face actually changes. Wrinkles and all this. And then they get so free, and it's just like a Holy Ghost Botox. It's amazing <laughs> with no pain, okay? Isn't this good stuff? Yes. Yes, you can. You, she had a couple, we had a couple questions last night. Is there, is there like a such thing as passive forgiveness then? Like, can you say with your mouth that you forgive someone? Oh, absolutely. You don't mean your it. Your heart is not. Oh, yeah. Like, it still hurts. Is that not fully forgiving though? Yes, no. Don't you love my answers? <laughs> yes, to answer your question directly. Um, but to go further is like, can, like I've already forgiven him. I've, I've already forgiven him. And then I minister to them. They go, oh, forgive him. You know, I mean, they really get what's down here and, and the forgiveness. Because you can say, I forgive him. But there's a difference when, when the gut-wrenching oh, in your gut is gone. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch for a teaching just for a second. Because it's so powerful. And I think this will really help you. A couple people have asked how to hear the voice of God. And how to hear the voice of God, but how do you know it's God? You, you have three brains, not three heads, three brains. A lot of you are, I don't know if you're familiar with this teaching or not, but physically you have three brains. That's not what they taught me in biology. But I know, but this is more spiritual. But you have brain cells in your brain, okay? You have brain cells in your heart, you have brain cells in your gut, that gut feeling. Okay, and you, you got that kind of a feeling. Okay, and if you listen to your heart and ignore this, you're in trouble. Okay, and so here you have all this stuff, and so it's great. I mean, it's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I don't know who got which, but I'm sure God's got the Father. <laughs> And, uh, and Jesus is probably the heart. And through the Holy Spirit, you get the gut feeling. Okay, so everything is like in a trilogy. And so then you can confirm what I'm saying medically because it's just, it's really amazing. But when you get your heart, your mind, your gut in alignment, then you know it's God. Yeah, it's like, God, what do you want me to do? And so what I do is I say... Um, I don't know how, I'm trying to figure out how I can say it <laughs> and, and it'd be a, a nice way, you know, and, uh, you know, because it's like if I have, you know, say Chris, he, he wants to travel with me. Whoa, that's great. Oh, he's so cute. And then you have this gut feeling in here, but you hire him anyway. 
not good. So they've all lined up with all three. So I'm, you know, but the thing is, I wonder if I should continue in this relationship. <gasps> but the gut says no. Listen to the gut. Okay? And, um, and this will really help guide you. And the same thing goes is like when, when I said we're going to, you know, I'm going to teach on forgiveness. I'm going to go over here. What did you feel in here? Nothing, or did you feel kind of a punch or tightness? Okay, because the reason you asked me is like if there might be somebody that you've kind of said, I've forgiven them, but you just haven't really forgiven them. Yeah, that's what I was trying to, because there's people (laughs) that I say with my mouth, like, okay, yeah, I forgive them, but... um, But what happens if they walk in the room? They're dead. Okay, I understand they can't physically, but what if they did walk in the room and they were alive? How would you feel in here? Um, there would be a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And see, the thing is, that's a, a good way. I, you know, I kind of hate to do that, but, you know, it's, it's a good way to really judge um, because judge, you know, look on the inside and, and see what's going on here. And see what it really is that's causing you to have any kind of reaction. Okay? So what I want is I want a volunteer that would like for me to pray with them to demonstrate what, how the technique that God's given me. Do I have a volunteer? Okay. All, all the way back there. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on down. Okay, we'll go over here. She's already crying. This is a good thing. Men, women, they come up here and they're, they always just cry. You get too advanced. And I'm going to have you, Chris, move this that way. That way, right that way. So I can have like right here. Whoop. There went my water, but that's okay. Okay, there we go. Okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I'm also going to do a little teaching. But I'm going to do a little teaching before I ask you any questions. Uh, as I use the tissue box, the tissue box represents the person who hurt you. The tissue represents the sin uh, in their life. And so we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more. And then I will stand in front of her. My hand will represent the cross. Bible does not say that God forgives sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He's the provision for sin. In the, in the, when the in the Jewish tradition is you find a spotless lamb, take it to the, the temple, and then they, they put the sins of those around that have hurt you on the lamb, then they sacrifice the lamb. So it's symbolic of God removing the sins, putting it on the lamb, Jesus Christ, putting it on the cross is what we'll talk about. And then, you know, then, then they'll be forgiven. Okay. And so, uh, each, t- each person will represent a person. Uh, now, you have tissue at home. I encourage you to do this at home. And, if you, and, and these tissues that are representing for sin right here that we'll pull out, they are to be discarded. They are not for tears. They're not for makeup later. They are to be discarded. Trash can. If you put them in the toilet, make sure you flush regularly. I will not pay for jam toilets when you're free. Okay. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, I kind of have to say that legally. You know? Don't you just love it? Okay. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer and say, you know, Father, what so-and-so did to me was sin. I should separate the sin. You'll take the tissue out and put it on the cross. Then you'll put it in my hand. Okay, so now we're going to go to your side of, of who has hurt you. Are, you. are you married? I'm married now, but I was married before. Okay, and uh, mom and dad still alive? Yes. Okay, are they still married to each other? Yes. Okay, and you have siblings? Two sisters. Two sisters. And out of all of those people, including ex-husband, are they any of the part that, um, that you are talking about, like you really need to forgive? I think my mom. Your mom, okay. And how's your, how's your relationship with your dad? Good. Good. Always good? Very good. Okay, always perfect? No. No. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Cause I, and how's your husband now? Perfect? He's awesome. Okay, He's perfect. not perfect. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to find one. So, Chris goes, yeah, Chris goes, there's very few of us. You're funny. He's perfect for her. There you go. That's what's important. Right. Yeah, good answer. Okay, so. I think the person I was, had in mind was the ex-husband. Okay, ex-husband and mom. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's good. What's your husband's name, current? Matthew. Matthew. Okay, father. Father. Matthew's a great guy. Matthew's a great guy. He's not perfect. He's not perfect. Almost. Almost. But he's not perfect. But he's not perfect. But he's done some things. But he's done some things. That hurt me. That hurt me. And that is sin. That, and that is sin. And I ask you to separate the sin from him. And I ask you to separate the sin from him. And put it on the cross. And put it on the cross. Never to be held against him Never again. Never to be held against him again. Father, bless him. Father, bless him. And that's awesome with somebody she really loves. Okay? And father? And father? My dad's a great guy. My dad's a great guy. Not perfect. Not perfect. But pretty close. But pretty close. He's done some things. He's done some things. Through the years that have hurt me. Through the years that have hurt me. And that is sin. And that is sin. I ask you to separate the sin from him. I ask you to separate the sin from and him. And put it on the cross. And put it on the cross. Never to be held against him. Never to be held against him. Father, bless him. Father, bless him. Father, bless him. Father, bless him. Okay. And Father? And Father? I have an interesting mom. I have an interesting mom. Can we handle that good? <laughs> okay. She's not perfect. She is not perfect. And she has hurt me quite a bit. And she has hurt me quite a bit. And that's sin. And that's sin. I ask you to separate the sin from her. I ask you to separate the sin from her. And put it on the cross. And put it on the cross. Never to be held against her again. Never to be held against her again. Father, bless her. Father, bless her. I release her. I release, release her. Of what she did to me. Of what she did to me. I ask you to bless her. I ask you to bless her. Okay. What's your ex-husband's name? Brian. Brian. Okay. Father. Father. Brian was a good man. <laughs> Second part of the line is, I wouldn't have married him if I didn't think so. Does that make it a little bit easier? Okay. I thought Brian, this is better. I thought Brian was a great guy. I thought Brian was a great guy. 
Because I wouldn't have married him otherwise. Because I wouldn't have married him otherwise. But he hurt me a lot. But he hurt me a lot. Okay. And he did some things to me. And he did some things to me. And that is sin. And that is sin. I ask you to separate the sin from him. I ask you to separate the sin from him. And put it on the cross. And put it on the cross. Never to be held against him again. Never to be held against him again. Father, bless him. Father, bless him. Okay. I'm going to have you back up just a little bit. I want to make sure that she was ready. And sometimes you got to walk it out. Okay? So I'm going to pray with her some things. And you're going to learn from that. And she's going to get set free. Okay. Um, I don't know if you renounced the covenant yesterday. I went into covenant with Brian. I went into covenant with Brian. And we're no longer married. And we're no longer married. So I renounced that covenant. So I renounced that covenant. Anything bad that came in through the covenant. Anything bad that came in through the covenant. Take it from me now. Take it from me now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay. Now you might want to have this a little closer to your face. Yeah. I gave my heart to Brian. I gave my heart to Brian. It's not his to have anymore. It is not his to have anymore. So I take my heart back from Brian. So I take my heart back from Brian. Father, I ask you to heal that. Father, I ask you to heal that. Now I'm going to tell you that when you're ready, you need to tell Matthew, I got my whole heart back today. I want to give it to you. Because he knows something's missing. He, does, he knows, he doesn't know what it is, but he doesn't feel like he has your, your whole heart. But you, well, yeah, you have my whole heart. He couldn't because Brian had some. Okay? okay? You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Great revelation here. Yeah. Okay? So, let me put my hand on your heart. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just curse any kind of trauma in this life, in this body, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for healing her heart. And Father, I thank you for making a marriage, a great marriage, greater because of this revelation today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that good? I feel lighter. Isn't that good? I feel lighter. Isn't that good? I just feel lighter. You know? Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for sure. Heaviness of the, the guilt, unforgiveness, all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, now I'll give you an example. I, I have this in, in my book. Uh, you can take that. Um, I have, and yes, for that. Uh, in my book, Love Again, Live Again, I talk about how we is like, oh, I'm 13. Chris. Oh. And then you fall in love with Chris. Okay. My son-in-law, my, my grandson, who's 15, has a 16-year-old girl. They've been dating a month, and they're planning their life together. Uh, I said that's more her than him. But. No. Really? Wow. Yeah, she, he says probably more her. No. Hey, babe, what about this? I'm just like, babe, they just met. I'm like, what are you doing? Leave my grandson alone. She's 4'8", and he's 6'4", at 15. He's not done growing. 
and two of his sisters, younger sisters, are much bigger than she is. She, I, I, she's, I took him out to eat the other day. I never saw her walking with him, but I got a picture of them walking <laughs> together for, for homecoming, and I'm just like, it's another whole person difference between them. <laughs> to communicate, he has to sit. It's pretty cute. But what happens, his name is Luke, and so all of a sudden, And so you give part of your heart to Luke, you give part of your heart to Chris, and then, of course, then Ron shows up. <sighs> then he breaks your heart. But then Brad comes along. <sighs> see, it's dangerous when I know your name. <laughs> but see, what happens is, and, and guys are like, what? You know, but it does happen with guys, too. And I have a testimony in that book with a, a guy that gave his heart to a girl, and she got married and just, you know, to somebody else, and it broke his heart. And, but he got totally free, and his testimonies in the book, not just the story, but the testimony. And, but what happens is, is that, you know, we give our hearts. Had a situation happen in, I think it was in Oregon, and, um, and I'm up there, and she's, you know, needs prayer for her marriage, and, you know, it turned out it was either her fourth or fifth marriage. I think it was her fourth marriage. And, uh, and I said, uh, I said, have you given, you know, have you, do you have your whole heart from your ex-husband? Oh, yeah, you know, and so we went through the first one, okay, second one, okay, and Craig, it was, it was Craig, I still remember it was Craig, and then she's married a different man later, and, um, and Craig is deceased, but in his coffin is her heart. It was so incredibly powerful that day, and so I said, he's that his, he's, it's not his right to have your heart anymore. And, and she said, my husband's been telling me there's something missing here. And when our daughter graduates from high school next year, I'm out of here because I don't have your heart because it was in the grave. So I had her take back her heart from Craig. And then I said, when you go home, and when it's the right time, if God allows you to do this, you'll know the right timing. Then you tell your husband, if you want it, I now have my whole heart to give you. And please forgive me for not giving me, giving you my whole heart. So anyway, so she goes home that night. He meets her at the door and opens the door for her. What happened to you? You look totally different. She forgave. She got her heart back. You know, I mean, you're in love with a dead man. That's not good, you know. And, uh, and so got her heart back. And, um, you know, and, and, she, and he noticed a difference with her. So she says, can we just sit down and talk for a few minutes? And they did. And that was probably six, seven years ago. And they're still married. But they're married. Isn't that good? That's what's awesome. And see, and that's what's so good in regards to different people's um, attitude toward their healings, you know, and toward their relationship instead of just giving up. And, you know, and so this is very, very typical of girls. And you know what I'm talking about. Third grade. Oh, yes. You know, and this is a man I'm going to marry, you know. And if, if my grandson marries this girl, then that's fine. He's way too young to plan a marriage at 15. A young 15, even though he's really tall. And, um, and he's about that big around. But, um, and he hasn't even hit his growing spurt yet. 
you know. It's, it's a little funny personal side of me. I, I go and I'll see him, and it's been, you know, maybe a week since I've seen him, him or, or his sisters, and I'll look at Kate, who is the next one in line. She is 12, 12 and a half. We share the same birthday, 55 years apart, so it's easy for me to keep track of her age. But anyway, so she's like 12, and I look at her and I go, I look at her shoes to see how big her tennis shoes are or if she's got, you know, higher heels. <laughs> she was barefoot. I'm like, she's grown that much in a week. And, you know, and it's just, it's so fun because God told them to move to, to Texas where they said they'd never move back. And they've been there like seven years. And it's just been really great. And we're going to hang out next Sunday and, you know, and then for Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's just so fun and, and to be around my grandkids, you know. And with COVID, they couldn't go anywhere. But they could go to grandma's house. They couldn't go to a park. I have 1.6 acres, and we had a pack, a, a, a park in our backyard, and a pond where you can fish in. They thought they'd died and gone to heaven, <laughs> and they almost lived at my house this summer, uh, which was great, you know, and, uh, and it was great. So, and then my three grandchildren from Arizona flew in for, for about 10 days, so that was fun, too. I think you call that fun, and uh, no, <laughs> but we finally figured it out, because there's one girl, two boys over there one boy and four, three girls in Texas. So what we did is we sent the one girl to my daughter's house and we kept the two boys. So we had three boys and she had four girls. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome because they did girly girl stuff and Luke's like, whatever, you know, and he was in charge of the boys. So that just worked out really, really good. But that, that, when you figure out how, what makes it work, then that's what's really good. But once again, I just want to really reiterate how important it is. How many of you have taken back part of your heart? Well, let me, let me just say something. Let me, let me back up just a second. You're married. He does something that hurts you. You tend to back off. And then he does something again. I'm doing that because I'm a female, because women can do it too. But, but he does something again. And hurts and you kind of back off again you kind of separate yourself and then you wonder what's what happened after five years of hurt pain etc and and because of situations that happen we tend to take part of our heart back and, and I'm going to ask you a question how many of you has God done everything for you exactly the way you wanted it Nobody. And see, with that, we can, we can take back part of our heart because God didn't do it this way, the way that you wanted him to do it. And see, and as you take back your heart because of that from him, and then you kind of wonder, God, you're just not as close as you used to be. He goes, I didn't move. And so... This is a time when we go, if you feel that, just say, Father, life happens. And as a result of life happening, I've taken back part of my heart from you. I don't like that. I ask you to forgive me for doing that. And Father, today I choose to give you my whole heart. Thank you, Jesus.
I did a teaching. It's called Beyond Comprehension. I don't know if I have it to give away. And um, say, I'm getting ready to get married. Don't feel too awkward here. I'm getting ready to get married to Kelly. And then all of a sudden, and now Chris is not married. Okay? And he is married. But this is the scenario that we're doing. And then I'm engaged over here. And then... There's Chris. <laughs> we love each other. They're in. Oh, we're getting our picture taken. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's on Facebook. Right? <laughs> no, that's okay. His wife got a picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How do you think Kelly feels? Threatened, betrayed. I thought I had her heart. I won't do it to you, Ron, or Brad, but you're next to two, you're in line here. Okay? But if I started flirting with Brad, if I started flirting with Ron, and kind of taking my, kind of playing with my heart out here and not giving it 100% to Kelly, well, see, this is what Christians do. They play around with things of the world. And then we, we, they tend to give their hearts to different things, different people, and, uh, or they take their heart back because something happened that is not what you planned. And, you know, it's really not, sometimes it's not what God plans, but sometimes people override that, okay? And we tend to blame God for doing that. And so we need to confess and say, Father, you know, I, I have blamed you. And, and I ask you to forgive me. And the thing is, and, you know, and I, I, Father, I've been flirting with the world, you know, and against your bride. Or I am the bride, I'm against, you know, against the groom, I mean. Okay? And so when, when you're like that, you know, it's, and you know people like this. Some of you have dealt with this yourself and you just, and you kind of got back on the right track, but you didn't really understand why. And then, you know, it's like, ah, you know, and you've heard the song, you know, in the statement, get back to your first love. And that's what it's talking about. Getting back to your first love with God, you know, fall in love with him again every day, which is like so awesome. And he wants to renew that relationship every day. And, and the thing is, it's like, you know, they're in, in kind of shifting, but also on the same line. There's somebody, and I think there's more than one person here, that had a business that didn't go exactly the way you planned, and you kind of blamed God. Okay? And so some of those businesses have been shut down. Some of them are on hold. Okay? And some of them, they're, they're struggling. Okay? But let me just tell you what. God gave you the dream of to have the business. He's going to resurrect the business, more than likely the same business, or what, like you already have the business that you're already doing, okay? And he's going to resurrect it. There's been a time of, of for several different reasons here, okay? Sometimes your, your business ministry can be a God, God, now this is, this is how I feel in regards to what's going on right now. God says he will have no other gods before me. 
NFL. The team members are worshipped many times above God. You can say anything you want about football, but don't mention the Steelers. You know, I've, I've got a friend that's that way. You know, I'm, I'm a defend the Cowboys, but now I'm more defund the Pat Cowboys. <laughs> Jerry Jones really gotten himself in a big mess. I'm very disappointed in him. I've lived in Dallas for 25 years, so, you know, once in Dallas, you're just kind of always a Dallas Cowboy fan, unless they really betray you and they betrayed America, which I'm really sad about. It's, it's America's team. They've betrayed America. And, uh, but the thing is, you know, um, you want to hear another one? Movie stars. Heard very much about movie stars lately? You haven't. What about that movie that just came out? What movie? I have no idea. No, Netflix. No, we're not doing Netflix. I don't have any idea. Is Wonder Woman just came out? December 25th. Oh, it's coming out. Okay, December 25th. Wonder Woman. I'm not putting her above I know. I'm just teasing you. But I know Wonder Woman's sister. She's a very good friend of mine, uh, Pamela Carter. And um, she, is, she works for, for Trump. And in Arizona and somewhat in Washington, she's amazing. Linda Carter doesn't feel the same. But we're praying for her. And, uh, but anyway, uh, the thing is, what has come in, in and money, yeah. jobs. Okay, this year has been a, okay, is God, is money my God, my job my money, I'm sorry, I'll get it, money my God. Okay, it's not. And it's like, traveling for me, is that my God? No. I just got to spend time at home, and I worked harder. I had the stuff I was going to do while I was home. I still haven't got it all done. It's getting there, but I haven't got it all done yet. And I just have like five boxes I need to unpack, so it's not that bad. And, um, you know, considering all the other boxes are unpacked, and we're unpacking more because we're decorating the Christmas tree, so that's always fun. And um, lots of boxes where that's concerned. But the point is, it's like... All these things that people had as gods in front of him, he pulled the rug out. A lot of movie stars are moving away. You know why? Because they've been to that island. And all those people that went to that island for sex trafficking and sex frolicking with the kids, Epstein, I think, Epstein Island, they're all getting exposed, and they're on a roster. Something major got exposed last night, which is, I'm not going to talk about it, but major, major got exposed last night. And, um, you know, and it's just, it, it's just amazing. And so the thing is, but what's happening is people are, and, and you know, I'm going to, those of you that are of the darker skin, I'm just going to talk about BLM for a minute. Black Lives Matter. But the agenda is to destroy all black lives through abortion. And BLM is a supporter of abortion. I don't understand that, number one. Number two, 
if you really study BLM, it's actually an occult. And they sacrifice little black babies unto witchcraft. And I was, I was in Pennsylvania last week, went by this church, had BLM. I'm like, you don't have any idea what you're promoting. All lives matter. Okay? But see, we need to educate ourselves on what, what, yeah, black lives matter, you know, all that kind of stuff. I agree, but not to the point where it's an occult. And, and abortion is a form of witchcraft, sacrificing babies unto their God of self. It's just not a convenient time. And I was an unplanned child. My mom was shocked. She said, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. My mom and dad, mom and father, dad, Charles Hunter's my dad. And, but I had a, an earthly father. And they, he was wonderful. They got married, turned out he was an unbelievable wife-beating narcissist. And they were together one time with contraception. Well, uh, Okay, very unplanned. Turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to my mom. Okay, at least I think so. My brother doesn't agree, but no. <laughs> and my brother, his dad died, and she had to have four surgeries, and the doctor had to position her in a bed for her husband to come in and, and have sex, like right there in the office, in hopes that she would get pregnant. That's how my brother was conceived. Okay? But then now they do IV, you know, intro, you know the IV. Like somebody says, I was, I was, you know, I was made in a Petri dish. You know? It's like, well, that's kind of that's weird. But, you know, but that happens. So I have a grandson that way, and that, that sounds great. And, uh, but the thing is, it's like, sometimes it may not be convenient for you, but it will be the best thing that ever happens. And, and people have funded... Planned Parenthood. I want, I'm praying that we'll be able to, to fund babies and adoptions and not send them into foster care, which sends them right off to sex trafficking. Okay? These, I'm a lot smarter in the world than people think I am, you know? And, and the thing is, it's like we need to be aware of what's going on because we need to pray. But anything that is above God... He is destroying. Even some churches. Ministries are falling left and right because of sin. Most of it is sexual sin. God's cleaning out the swamp in the church. And this year has been a real cleansing because when they said 40% of the people that, that run their payroll through Insperity, which we do, 40% of them won't even be in business next year. And we are just, everything is, I don't want to say perfect, perfect, because we've got some expansion, but everything is paid. Okay? And we've got a lot of dreams, a lot of visions. I'm just, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a fun little side story of this. I'm praying for God to send us some millionaires to do what we want to do. Two, 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 three weeks ago, I was in Clarksville, Indiana, and I've been there before. I've also been at their, the parent church in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I said it right. 
Yeah. Whoa. Okay. And the pastor there, his name, his name was, was uh, Wayman Rogers. Bob Rogers, his son, is now pastoring. Wayman Rogers says, God, I have so much to do, I ask you to send me a millionaire. The next Sunday, Colonel Sanders walks in. Yeah. And Colonel Sanders' incredible testimony is actually going to be in my new book, uh, which um, is just so awesome. And, but the point is, is that, and he helped fund all the missions, all the children's program. Colonel Sanders still funds. Now listen to this. You know people that have had to quit school, high school, because their parent died and they needed to support the family. He supports those children, the families, so that they can finish their high school. Have you ever heard of that? I just think that's such a neat idea. So I went into Louisville and I made some Kentucky Fried Chicken right out of the box, right in front of there, and did a little video. It was so fun. <laughs> and then we went to his graveside and honored him there. And uh, because at the he had failed, he had a failed marriage. He had um, he had lost so many jobs by the time he was 20. Uh, got married, had a baby. And then they separated, and he tried to kidnap the daughter, talked his wife into coming back in. She, he couldn't make an income, nothing. He just kept losing his job and failing and failing and never finished high school. And, uh, you know, and he said, well, you can, that you can work at this restaurant and clean dishes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so he would try out, and everybody loved, you know, if he cooked his chicken, everybody loved it. And so 65 years old, uh, and this is why he's in my book, Just Don't Quit. And uh, so at 65 years old, he goes, he, he has, he's writing out his suicide note. He goes to a specific spot he had planned to commit suicide and, and writing, you know, his will and so forth. And he says, I'm going to write down what I would have liked to have done. I would have liked to have done this and this and this and this and this. So he left his suicide note and went back down and he says, you know, I know how to cook. He'd just been retired just a week, and he got $104, $105 a week, you know, or, or a month. I don't know how much it was. It was just $105. He's like, I can't even support myself on my retirement. So at that point, he goes, and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just fry up some chicken and try to save, you know, sell it to the neighborhood. So he does that, and by the time he was 88 years old, he was a billionaire after giving millions and millions and millions into the kingdom of God. And see, I love that story because he didn't quit. He was ready to quit and commit suicide. But see, what we need to do, number one, not quit, but you know what? God's called several of you in here to be millionaires. Well, or, yeah, a Google error. That means that's the highest number that there is, Okay. And, um, and so, but God's called you, if you're a millionaire, if you're a billionaire, you're a millionaire too. But I understand that statement. And not wanting to limit God for just a millionaire. But see, the thing is, is God is looking for people that he can trust. Now, if all of a sudden you got a million dollars, what would you do with it? You need to think about what you're going to do with it. You need to have a plan. Okay. And you need to map out your plan, what you would do with the millions, million or millions of dollars. Okay? And I'm praying for God to send us millions of dollars so that we can do a larger sanctuary area. And uh, because we're kind of crowded where we are, a nicer bookstore area. 
and childcare, where we're at right now, could be the childcare building and our cafeteria, okay? And so, but to have a place, and we could have like our own television studio instead of sharing somebody's office, you can't work because I'm recording today, okay? Which is not good. And, uh, but she's very gracious about that. And, you know, it's only used a couple days a month. But the point is, is that what God is wanting to do is he's wanting to resurrect your dreams. You know, and like in the book, Power of Prophetic Vision, it will resurrect the dreams and the words and the visions that God's given you and what he's called you to do. And the businesses right now, I believe that God's calling people to start businesses. You know, I have a business on the side that really helps me, you know, helps me some financially. And, you know, I get a set salary from the ministry. I make more money outside what they, what the board sets for me than I do from the salary, which is like really awesome. So understand that God is in the process right now of really doing a whole lot of things for Christians. Now, I believe that, that and I mentioned this, I think last night, that we're going to see in the next, and I'll say in the next, the, the month of December, as we go into January, we're going to see, we are seeing a shift. We have already started seeing a shift in our finances and in this and that and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to restaurants coming back down in their prices because they went back up because they're only serving half the people. And all these things in the, in the economy to really get straightened out a lot in, in, in many ways. But it's going to be an open door for businesses and resurrection of some businesses. And there's a lot of church buildings that are vacant that won't open up under the same name. So if you're wanting to start a church, they may want to just give it to you. Somebody was talking to a friend of mine's pastor, and he says, we got to think about building, we got to think about building, we got to think about, you know, and he says, no, just wait a little bit. Wait a couple months. If you want to, have two services, but wait just a couple months because there's going to be a lot of empty churches. And I believe as God is cleaning out the swamp in churches. Okay? And, and you know, the big ego church thing, you know, is, is not it. And you can have a big ego church at 35 members. Okay? I'm not talking about 35 million members as in Joel Osteen. I think he's one of the most humble men that you'd ever want to know. I mean, I've known the family for 40, 50 years, something like that. His sister used to be my babysitter. I gave her a first job. And now she's got five kids. And the one she babysat has four. So that works out good. But I just want to really encourage you. What areas of your life have gotten between you and God? Okay? I'm going to have the two of you stand up for a second. You stand here, face me. You stand here, face me. Okay, come out a little bit away from the thing there. Okay. Hi. <laughs> so good that they love me and they tr and she trusts me. <laughs> Hi. Okay. And then Chris is representing God and I'm representing me. What is between needs to be removed then there can be a true relationship. Okay? Okay? And so these are things that whatever it is, and I'm not saying she's blocking anything, but I just use her as an example. 
whatever it is that is blocking you from that relationship with God, that is what needs to be removed. Is it money? Is it fear? Is it unforgiveness toward him? Okay? Not trusting him enough? Okay? What is it? And so, you know, we've learned some about healing, but let me tell you what. If you are not in an attitude of really being used of God and 100% sold out to God, it's not going to happen. And it's like, well, I thought this was going to be so easy. You know, then you have the rug pulled out from under you because you didn't have, you had just too much built up in your heart. Not in not a good area. And so the thing is, it's like, God, I believe, is pulling out all the stops to bless people and bless ministries. And he's blessing those that are sold out to him. This guy last night, he knows every minister's cell phone number. Okay? I'm telling you, the guy has a lot of caliber. And he says, there's only two outside of you that I would trust to pray with me because I know the sin that's in their life and in their church. Sexual sin, pornography, things like that. And he goes, I'm not going to ask them for counsel. They can't even counsel themselves. And I'm like, that's really, really sad. Really, really sad. And see, the thing is, I don't want anybody to have anything on me that is held against me where God's concerned. You know, I do my best to live as good an attitude as I can to a heart that is totally sold out to God. And I'll do, and he knows this, I'll do whatever he asks me to do, including going to Uganda. Okay? And so the thing is, it's like what God wants to do is he wants, he wants to have willing vessels. He wants to bless you. Okay? We had a situation happen uh, with one of my daughters and son-in-law. Um, roughly 10 years ago, uh, 11, right, right about 10, almost 11 years ago, 11 meaning December the 6th or 7th something like that. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be over at the 10-year mark at that point. And um, my daughter was expecting her first child, and it was a little girl, and I allotted 11 days, several days before her due date, and a whole week after to take care of the baby. Baby wasn't coming. Baby was stubborn. She's still stubborn. She's this big, and she's as stubborn. And she is her mommy's mini-me. It's called payback. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and did I like, act like that, Mom? Yes, you did. And so here we have the situation. So I said, okay, let's go to the mall. Walk it, you know, maybe bring on labor. So we're walking the mall, walking the mall. And so there's an Apple store. See, I knew what I was doing by going to the mall. So we go to the Apple Mac computer store. So I go in there. And, oh, isn't this a nice computer, little laptop? Yes, my daughter and son-in-law were there with me. And I said, I want to buy you uh, a laptop. My son-in-law goes, you will not buy me a laptop, a Mac laptop. I'm like, what did I do wrong? I mean, why wouldn't somebody want a phenomenal laptop? 
you know? And, and, I, and I say, well, it appears that I'm not going to be here for the birth. It's the only one I've missed out of seven. And, and I said, it looks like I'm not going to be here for, for her birth. And I said, but I can get you a computer, and it can be in the labor and delivery room, and I can be there and be a part of it. You will not. We finally had to take it outside. He got so loud and, I mean, mad. He was so mad. I'm like, can I just buy it from me and leave it at your house? This is before we had FaceTime on phone. And so I said, okay, and that way I can see my grandchildren or grandchild grow up and she can know me instead of like, who are you when you come to the door? You know, I have a relationship with all my grandchildren and one of them in particular. He has an Apple phone on his wrist. I gotta go, because the teacher walks up. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I just love it. I just love that. I love it that he loves me so much. So we're gonna go spend some time together at the end of this month. And so I said, "How about once again, I just buy it for me, but I just leave it here." No, I mean. And so my daughter goes, "Just buy the computer. I'll take care of him." I said, "Okay." So I go and I buy the, the laptop. Come back out. You know, get it all set up, etc. And um, and so the laptop was actually in labor and delivery. I could communicate with her while she was in labor afterwards, give the baby a kiss for me. It was, just, it was heart-wrenching in a bad way because I just so missed being there. And, um, and so anyway, where that's concerned, a couple years after that, I met his dad. And uh, his dad, they are two peas in a pod about 40 years apart, maybe 35 years apart. They look alike, and he's like, he looked in the mirror, he goes, I'm turning into my dad. <laughs> and I'm going, yes, you are. And his dad's a nice guy, okay? And so he came to me, and we were in, he came to one of my meetings, and I told him, I said, he says, I'm so proud of, you know, my son. He's done such a good job. And I said, you know what, I, I'm so proud of Nathan. He, I mean, he's really come a long way. And that's another long story. And uh, just amazing what God's done. And I may share another part of the story later and um, talk about really forgiveness. And, uh, and so um, he says, I've, I've trained him really well. I said, you have done a great job. He says, I've trained him never, ever to take anything from anybody he didn't work for. That he didn't, you know. I'm like, that's why he got so mad. Because he didn't feel he deserved it. He's so gotten over that. When are you coming back, Mom? Let's go shopping. Okay. We've got two days on the schedule to go shopping. Merry Christmas, okay? And, uh, but see, the thing is, we've got to get over that. You know, somebody wants to bless you with something, you say thank you. You just say thank you. And, and the thing is, we need to practice saying thank you. Not, no, that's okay. I'm trusting God. Okay, God's hand sometimes is somebody else's hand extending it to you. Don't refuse God. And some of you get mad like my son-in-law got mad. You will not bless me. I didn't earn this. I got to get money from my job. Well, a lot of you have learned this year that your job isn't your God. 
You know, I mean, I'm, I'm still amazed that both Kelly and I got our stimulus check. That was a nice, like, $2,400 or whatever. Hallelujah. You know? And because our food bill skyrocketed. You, know, you got, we have four people, or six, six of us living at the house majority of the time, and then when they're there, it makes eight. That makes your food bill go way up when you're just there. Not just, Not just from him. Because <laughs> he'll talk... Yeah, <laughs> he don't want anybody to think he eats it all, but he eats what I cook, so that's good. And so, and I've, I've gotten out all my old recipes, so I haven't needed them. But the thing is, I was believing God for extra finances to cover everybody's food bill. You know, because when I'm on the road, the ministry takes care of my food bill or the host or whoever. Okay, but here, you know, it's like, that's a lot of money going out. And, you know, somewhere or another, I like to have parties. So I add that to that, too, and have people over. I'm a people person. I'm a, you know, very much of an entertainer-type um, person. But the thing is, I had to believe God for the extra money to feed everybody. And it came in. It was so it was amazing how, what God did. And so understand, God's trying to get things to you. He's trying to get money to you. He's trying to bless you. I'm going to Israel in June. I'm going to spend my 68th birthday in Tel Aviv. And they were believing God to go to Israel. They were, we were going to go in October, but it got postponed because that COVID took it instead. And, uh, and so we're going to take it up to 21 over there, and we're going to go in June. And, uh, and their whole way has already been paid. $500 here, somebody would give me this, that, and the other, and their whole way was paid. I told him this morning, I said, y'all need to believe God to go to Uganda with me. I can believe with them, but I can't believe for them. Okay? I believe with them for Israel, and it's already paid. Tickets were paid and everything. We just gotta, I just got to transfer the time of, of departure and stuff. But the land, everything's already been paid. And my way's already been paid to Israel, which is great. My way's already paid to Uganda. And, and I raised my own money. And if somebody wants to give me some money for my trip, I'm, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm believing God for it. <laughs> you know, the, the building we want to build is not going to go, boom, I'm not going to limit God that he couldn't do that. Then I won't have to worry about designing it. That would be great. But the city might have a problem with it. But we'll work with them. They don't know anything can happen because miracles happen at Joan Hunter Ministries. But what I'm saying is we have to learn how to receive. We have to learn how to receive our healing, how to receive the blessings of God, how to receive finances. And, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, what kind of a business did you have or do you have? Me? Yep. Uh, construction, remodeling. remodeling. That's awesome. That's really good. A couple of the guys in the house do that, and then he's really good at that too. And uh, I've got three, two in particular that Mr. They're Mr. Fixits. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. And, um, and how is the business doing? Um, it started out with a partner that left. And so I've been on my own. And so it's been hard. Okay. Well, the thing is that God's going to be your partner. And what I'm seeing is I, it kind of surprised me that it's construction. Um, <laughs> and, that's, and that's great, you know. And as long as, I mean, I can design and I'm going to tell you what to put this here and there that I ain't going to do no hammer and stuff, you know, and um, because that's just not my gifting, okay? 
And, um, but the thing, what I'm seeing is that God's going to resurrect it. And I see people all of a sudden starting to call you because they need you and they need you to do more and more and more. And you're going to have, you're actually going to step into a season of fun because the fun part is designing and the hammering is it, you can do it, but it's not the fun part. So God's going to send people to you. They're going to work with you, but, but more importantly, you're going to get calls from referrals and different things like that that's going to really expand your business and and so i need i want you to think about what are you going to do when that happens and have a plan in place who are you going to get to do shelves who are you going to get to do cabinets you know things like that and and floors and and have everybody in lined up that this is who you can call on every project because as you oversee several projects not one at a time as you see oversee several projects then you're going to have teams working in each location. Okay? And see, I didn't know that that was your dream. But this is a year for your dreams to come to pass. Okay? Okay? And so if that pertains to you, receive it because you've heard my voice. You know? And so understand that this right now, God's going to cause you, if you're in ministry, which is great, and he's going to cause you to even go beyond what you're doing in ministry-wise, you're going to need funding for that. You're going to need finances, okay? How do you get the finances? God, I'm hungry! No, that's not how that works. You know, this is how we fight our battles, okay? And you fight your battles with praise and worship, okay? And, uh, and so what I want to do is we're going to receive this morning's offering, and I want you to seed for your own expansion. Seed for your breakthrough. Because several of you really, really have a desire to be in ministry. Some of you have a desire to be in full-time ministry, which you are no matter where your paycheck comes from. But full-time meaning financially supported by a ministry. And this is a time and a season where you're going to really, you're going to get the tools to be able to do that. But in order for you to do all that, you need to get your hearts healed. And the revelation is like, wow, that's good. I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. Never heard of that. I've heard that multiple times this morning and last night. The revelation that's coming forth. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and dismiss. And then we're going to start back up at 2. And so anybody that has prayer and stuff like that, if you absolutely cannot come at 2, then we'll pray now. Otherwise, we'll meet you back here and we're going to start again. And we're going to talk about getting rid of stress and trauma. Not your husband. <laughs> stress and trauma. Okay? Okay. We'll be back in just a little bit. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. 
you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.